Welcome aboard the Mad Pastors Podcast. Honest pastors, honest conversations. Powered by G6 Allies. You may now feel free to move about the podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mad Pastors Podcast. Good to see you. We uh, we started our we've upgraded our studio finally um, our microphones it's all pretty it's, exciting we're, we're getting there it almost uh, looks like we know what we're doing now uh-huh. almost everybody spoke and we listened and it was time to stop doing green screen stuff so we're there um, but man we're excited we've got a new series coming out um, that we're kicking off and really it's just it's called unscripted um, it's all about just having some basic honest conversations we haven't put a a ton of thought into him as far as writing out an outline. I mean, we tend to we tend to be kind of unscripted anyway. Yeah, but but we want more to... so than usual in this case, though. <laughs> so we've got some really no, cool no stuff outlines, coming. no bullet points, not even well. We just have a general idea of the it. direction we want to go and the topics we want to cover. Mm-hmm. But overall, um, it's unscripted. It is unscripted. And you'll notice I spent five minutes on that logo uh, because yes. it was unscripted. Oh, and I nice. thought, let's just do it. Okay. <laughs> so we've got short conversations, um, <clears throat> getting shorter and easier to go. I've got coffee here because, man, I've got all that, <clears throat> that summertime hit, you know, garbage. Yep. It's, it's the worst. So let's talk first off uh, about budgets. because And that okay. was our first, that's the first thing we heard about and the first thing that gets talked about a lot. It, it, it seems really boring. And yet every budget meeting either has your stomach in knots about to throw up or you're in the bathroom constantly or has you incredibly angry and you just want to do a Ron and uh, do you remember in Parks and Rec when they do the Battle Royale for the budget every year and Leslie tries to get Ron to go <laughs> to yes. be the Battle Royale. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I Here's my experience with budgets has ranged you know and i think every church is a little bit different and the kind of the whole goal of this is to talk about what the importance of a budget is why it's important to you know how we approach it how we look at it um and so when you know when we look at budgets what are some of the first things that come to your mind on how do i need to start apportioning money and look because because truthfully nobody ever knows or nobody ever feels like they got it got enough everybody's angry or People are like, that's okay. I'll take less budget for more control, you know, or whatever. I mean, I've yeah. seen it across the board, but you know, it tends to be kids and student ministries and the youngest ministries usually get less. The older ministries usually get more, you know, depending on what church you're at and how much integrity your pastor has. Usually his budget is three times that of any other budget. So, I mean, all that to say, how do we need to approach that? Well, I think it's, it's such a broad topic. Mm-hmm that there is no just one cookie cutter answer right. to that question, right? Um, context matters a lot. So yeah. if you're setting an annual budget and you're an established church, then um, that's a lot easier of a task. There's, it's still sure. challenging at times, but it's a lot easier of a task than if you're a church planner and this is your first year. Yeah. How do you know what budget to set? You don't even know if you're going to have people that attend. Or, yeah, so... Um, and I and I've been in both situations, yeah. and so you kind of have to approach them a little bit a little bit differently. Sure. But uh, in any context, whatever situation that you're you find yourself in, uh, 
we're pastors, so we yeah. kind of have to say it, right? Sure. The first and most important and most crucial component to identifying what you want your budget to look like mm-hmm. is the element of faith and, yeah, and trusting absolutely. God's provision that He's going to take care of um, everything that He wants to accomplish. And yeah. so if if this is something God wants you to do in the next year, so if you're setting an annual budget right. uh, and God wants you to accomplish something in the next year, He's going to provide the way to make that happen. Right, and so that's that's kind of the yeah, first step. But to 2020 the whole thing. was the year of breaking out. Yeah, that's right. Yes, no, it was the year of outbreaks. <laughs> oh, see, see you, some, you just had it backwards. That's all. Sometimes when you God just flipped speaks, 2020. Yeah, he sometimes speaks in Hebrew to us in English, and it's backwards. Yes, sometimes. Yes. Well, but I think you so, had a no, good go point ahead. with that. Oh no, I just I think you had a good point. I, most of us, <clears throat> you know, maybe we know this, but we don't think about it. But man, when you look at how you manage, I mean, because that is we talk about that with people all the time that wherever your your wallet, whatever your wallet says, your checkbook says, or your calendar, those two things determine who you worship and what you worship. And so, I mean, I see churches, I mean, we have often, you know, all of your money goes to, or like 60% goes to creative arts or something like that. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and, but then only 10% goes to students. Or, and, and I tended to think about this, and I began to think about this more and more, the more churches I was at, is that really, your budget doesn't just show who you worship or show, but it but it really does reveal what your mission actually is. Mm-hmm. What do I? Where do I give? You know, it, it determines your future. I mean, if you we hear all these churches, and, and sometimes it does a great job of confirming what we believe, and other times it does a really a really good job of revealing that we don't really believe what we say we believe. And you know, like when people are, man, we're all about reaching the next generation. It works out. Birth through college, twenty percent of the budget. You know, and, you know, and then, and then that's, I guess that's fine if that's how you need to apportion your church, but we got to kind of look at this and say, everything about my budget, when we talk about faith, faith is faith in the future of what God's doing. We really believe that, you know, do our budget show that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when, when it comes to determining your budget, mm-hmm. um, if you're in an established church, the, the most basic thing to do is to look at last year's budget, right? right? And and see, okay, the, our budget last year was, uh, let's say, a $200,000 budget. Sure. Uh, we spent or we're on track to spend, you know, $210,000 this year. Right. Um, so we need to figure out, was there, you know, a $10,000 extra expense? You know, did the, did the church van break and we had to buy a new one or, you know, yeah. something like that? Was there a building insurance claim or, or mm. something that some big cost that wasn't um, a normal thing? Or yeah. was it just our church is growing and we're spending more because we're reaching more people? Uh, and so you need to allocate a little more funds to, to different ministries in mm. that respect. Uh, and then you and then you factor in what the giving was like. So, I mean, if you have a $200,000 budget and you spent $210,000, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. If your giving is two fifty, if it's right? increasing, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so if that number is increasing, then then you've got some room to to look at things. And I think typically what I have done in the past is look at uh, the three year trend mm-hmm. of giving. And so each year over the last three years, giving has increased by three percent. Let's say, yeah. Then um, then you know that you can kind of anticipate. It's not a guarantee, but you can anticipate yeah. another 3% increase. 
giving in, in the next year. And so if your budget's $200,000 and you know, your giving is $200,000 and that's increased by 3% every year, uh, you, you know you're going to have an extra you know $6,000 coming in on, on top of that. So 206000 for the next year, right? Sure, sure. Uh, and then you can budget accordingly broad scale. We haven't gotten into specific ministries yet, but just sure. in general, if you're a lead pastor and you're, you know, um, trying to set a budget for your entire church, that's right. one of the first things you look at. Um, then when it comes to, to specific ministries, mm-hmm. like you said, it, it's a matter of what your church's mission is, where you're valued. It's a priority system, right? Sure. You, you're going to give money to the things that you prioritize. And, and so, Think about what factors you want to consider for the upcoming year. Yeah. What ministry do you want to see um, grow? What ministry do you believe in but has struggled yeah. and maybe needs a little more help? <laughs> and what ministry so, needs to stop? <laughs> what ministry? Yeah, what ministry is a black hole financially, and you're just sinking money <laughs> sure. into it, and and it has. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah, um, which is that's a whole another conversation of when when do which, we yeah. uh, when do we get rid of ministries <clears throat> and and how do we handle those Next, you know, sacred cow kind of yeah. ministry things? But those are some of the questions you have to ask. Is yeah. you know okay? We really want to grow our preschool ministry, um, and we have five thousand dollars this year allocated to preschool ministry and that's just not cutting it we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna put you know 7500 into the preschool ministry for next year mm-hmm. and add a couple extra things to help improve that ministry or you know our students have grown from 10 students to 20 students and our two thousand dollar budget in the students isn't gonna <laughs> it cut it now cut it. right and so we need to up that to three or four or five or whatever yeah. number we, we settle on so that's kind of how you you think about that sure uh, in terms of allocating it to um, a particular ministry I think when it comes to looking at it in terms of percentage of the overall budget I think sometimes that's helpful yeah uh, especially if you're in a in a larger church setting sure um, that's that's a helpful metric. If you're in a church plant, or if you're in a you know very small church with you know a hundred thousand dollar budget, yeah, and you're paying a pastor forty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars, and half of your annual budget is taken up in salary, or sixty percent is taken up in salary and, and mm-hmm. administrative costs, uh, you may only need you know a thousand bucks for your preschool ministry because you've got two preschoolers. And so you don't need a lot. Percentage wise, that's, that's not a lot, right? That's 1% of your budget is to preschool. That doesn't mean you don't love preschoolers that you're only giving 1% (laughs) of your budget to preschoolers. Um, So you kind of have to think about those different aspects to it as well. It's always interesting because I mean, I've been to churches where I had ample budgets. I was really impressed and, and I still found a way to spend them, but, but ample budgets and, all the way to churches who, you know, they were all about, um, you know, wow, we've, we've, you know, we want to give all of our December, you know, to our December money to missions. And it was like, well, that's, that's a really cool idea. The problem was that it was always a struggle and a fight for the growing ministries that were existing here to have enough money to take care of it. Like, you know, a case in point, we had, you know, you'd gone from, we'd gone from double digits to triple digits uh, in a matter of a year or two and your budget just wasn't cutting it anymore. And, you know, we'd have the, that was why it always got me sick in these committee meetings is because I, you know, you'd walk in and you talk and the whole discussion would be, 
well, you know, we've got this hundred grand a year we don't touch that we send everywhere else, but you can make it work on the same thing you've been doing. And it's like, well, but we can't. And I mean, we, we tried our best to, I think we did well. And, and I don't, I'm not to say that, it's not, it's not to say that your resources uh, determine your ministry and God's ability to use you. Absolutely not. I mean, Judas was in charge of the money purse. So obviously that can't be, maybe that was corollary. But sometimes, uh, you know, in churches, I think that we look at it and we just, we have this really odd perspective that if I make a big deal about, you know, something everybody thinks sounds noble, but I don't give it where it needs to go to grow people, you know, where I'm at, I, I just think that that's really difficult. And there is, there's that tension of, well, we only have, we want to have, you know, we've got 40 students. We really want to have 80 students. Um, so maybe we need to beef up a little bit, you know, maybe not triple it or quadruple, but sure. let's beef up what we're given. And and I don't know. I mean, that all goes back to this idea of do I, you know, am I looking at the future and am I, in, I think this is the difference. Am I funding ministries or am I investing in ministries? Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a huge shift in our thinking because that's always, to me at least, in every church I've been at, that's where it comes down to. Well, we've got this much to make it work. Go ahead. We're going to fund you. And and it's a huge life change. And I mean, it gives a lot of life in your ministry when you can just say, no, 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 I want to invest in you. And, you know, I've, I've heard good stories about that too. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things that pastors ought to think through, I understand the need or the necessity of an annual budget, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. that's... For audit purposes, IRS tracks annually. You you, you kind of have to set Uncle Sam be checking uh, on you an annual budget, right? right. But I, I think it it hinders us in some respects that we don't evaluate it more frequently than sure. that. That you know your student ministry has five thousand dollars this year, and right now you have ten students. Mm-hmm. Well, in four months, you know you make some great connections at the high school, yeah. and and now you've got thirty students, right? And you still just have your five thousand dollar budget. You're you're only you know a quarter of the third of the way through the year, right? And now you've got triple the size of the ministry, but you have to mm-hmm. stick with that. There should be some element of flexibility in there. Of yeah. okay, every quarter we're going to evaluate. You know, you know we're going to set it at a five thousand dollars, but every quarter we're going to evaluate. And if your ministry has grown and it yeah. and there's clear evidence that. That more funding is required to, mm-hmm. to sustain the ministry at its new level, then we'll reallocate some money to that. And so now your technical annual budget goes from 5000 to 7500 or something like that. Do, do you so, feel like, though, that some of this issue, like if if it was more, if pastors were more and, and we could focus on saying, and, may, and this goes both ways, but it, if asking for money was a pleasant experience or one where you tried to help, Versus one where you feel like you've got to be like, please, sir, I want some more. Like, that's how it always seemed with us is like an Oliver Twist moment. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, I don't know, it would have, I was a lot better off as a person, like as a pastor, when I felt like I was, even at unhealthy churches, when somebody said, I got this money for you, I'll make it happen. Hey, we'll help you out here or we'll do our best to. It didn't even mean it always happened. But when I knew somebody was on my side, that meant a lot. And sometimes I wonder if, that even hinders us much more because you look at studies like in the book, um, you know, How Full Is Your Bucket? I think it's an excellent book. Everybody should read it. It's like 60 pages. It's my kind of book. But you, it, you know, they talked about this idea that there was a company that was, uh, they were moderately successful. Um, they were some type of industrial, you know, uh, manufacturing company. 
and they looked at how do we make, you know, how do we make this company more prosperous? How do we do well with it? And eventually they realized they didn't have a great safety record. And so everything about that company became less about whip cracking and everything about we want you to be safe. They did that. And within a year, they I think they had doubled their profits. And but it's when you have a healthy, empowering attitude where you care about people, it changes things. Yeah. I, so I, I see two two of the big challenges in in that from from a lead mm-hmm. pastor or, or at least a senior level pastor perspective. Yeah. Um, one, pastors are uh, notoriously bad about exchanging money for laziness, <laughs> yeah. right? Like. Yeah. If, if you build it, they will come. Yes. If, <laughs> if I just throw enough money Deal at it, dreams. then I don't have to work as hard. And it's, it's just so much easier if I can just go spend money sure. like water and make my ministry look really good. And that'll, that'll bring more people in. And mm-hmm. and so that danger creeps into it of yep. when you have to think about, okay, am I increasing this budget because it is truly necessary? Yeah. Or am I increasing this budget because it's just going to make things easier? Yeah. And and certainly, if if a, if a church had, you know, unlimited resources, and don't get all spiritual on me and be like, "Well, God has unlimited resources." He's got the cattle on thousand hills. Truth is, church budgets are very slim, right? Mm-hmm. Church, churches are not money machines, right? Um, and, and sure, there may be some spiritual principles behind that. Yeah, of, absolutely. Um, you know, of people being becoming generous, and, and when generosity overtakes a church, then money is essentially unlimited. But sure, uh, in general, for the way things presently are, most mm-hmm. churches have very finite resources at their disposal, and yeah. so you have to be very sensitive and very careful to throwing more money at something right. because it may it may be a waste, um, and and it may not be available to you. The other side that we have to factor into it is. Um, as a as a lead pastor, when you have staff members or pastors in various areas, mm-hmm. they're all coming to you all the time <laughs> asking for more money. Right. Then you kind of have to start factoring. Okay, I'm going to give the student guy more, but not the kids guy more, and sure. the worship pastor wants more, and so I'm going to give him some more money. But then yeah. then the kids pastor is going to yeah. get upset that. He asked for money for a very important cause, for sure. a, a super important mission and ministry that he's passionate about, but we didn't give him money. The and senior so, adult guy just needs gas because all he does so, is go to the hospital. You know, it's that's where it gets really tough sure. in in like what you were saying earlier of, of yeah. you know let's let's allocate more money to this and and yeah. the ministry has grown and so that needs to happen. And then it kind of falls into that that trap of well, if I add more numbers, then I get more money. Sure, which, and so it all becomes about a numbers game. And so it does. My, and, I want to yeah. add more numbers so that I can get more money and buy cooler stuff and and do cooler which, events. In the defense and, of pastors, I mean, we looked at this this statistic the other day, and I think it's in like the majority of Christians who I think you can biblically make the argument. And this isn't about how much people give, but we can biblically make the argument that. It probably needs to start at ten percent and go up from there. I mean, but it can start wherever it needs to. But you know, you either have ten percent in the Old Testament, or then in the New Testament, people go, "Well, that's part of the." You know, Jesus fulfilled that. Well, then Paul goes, "Be so generous, it's laughable," and not like you're not generous and it's laughable, but be hilariously generous is the term. And but right now, I think the average person that attends a church, because apparently Jesus holds their eternity and they're willing to say that but they give one like 1.8% of their annual income. 
And and so you're right. If everybody gave 10%, I mean, God factored this out very well. One, if you don't have the bandwidth to spare 10%, then you're not managing your money well. And I say that as somebody who was an intern who made $300 a week. And sometimes you've got to choose. Do I honor God with giving or do I not? So I, I get that, you know, and, and God's always taken care of me. I've not been rich. I'm not rich now, but he always took care of me. Mm-hmm. I think that the, now that's not to get on people and all that, but I want to see that from a pastor's perspective, that it is hard because you preach hard, you preach generosity, you preach giving. Most of you, other than like the, maybe the 1% of elevation churches or, you know, whatever that have all this money, most of y'all are good with money. You care, you're, you're doing your best with money and you're trying. And so it's just, there is encouragement that what we're talking about here has to do. And I think everything you're saying People are coming to you. There's just not enough in the pot to do what everybody wants to do. But I think there's a, a beautiful truth here that having less resources hones us to be more creative and intentional in what mm-hmm. we do. And your laziness point, the funny thing is I served at a really great church. It was a great church for a while. Um, but I served at a really great church, and we were growing left and right. We didn't have a big budget, but we were just – that church was focused. It was a plant. It was focused on relationships. But when we started seeing the pulpit – go very shallow and we started seeing people kind of go eh, and walking away at one point is when from the main stage it became all about creative arts and all they had the money to pour into it and everything came about being creative not necessarily about being biblical mm-hmm. and so there is a lot to say that if you if you are sparse in your resources I don't my tendency is to say that's my fault and I should be better but I think and I think that's a lot of our tendency I'm a failure I should be able to communicate better but I think the truth is, God has you in a place where He knows you're at. Sure, you can get better on anything, but maybe that's an opportunity for you to be as creative and intentional as possible. Because you know what? It doesn't take any money to meet with people. Right. It doesn't take any money to hang out and to talk. It doesn't take any money to disciple. Um, you don't have to buy a Lifeway Bible study every time you do it. You can just open the Bible. <laughs> but that being said, um, so so here's our walkaways here. Um and I don't want—I didn't want to cut you off, but you remind you reminded no. me of that. Mm-hmm. So our takeaways are: uh, budgets are not simply—we we need to think about budgets not simply as funding ministries, but investing in ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, what about what else? Uh, I think we need to um, be aware of the complexities of setting a budget. Don't mm-hmm. don't just you know, willy nilly go into it and say, okay, well, we, we had a, that ministry had a $10,000 budget last year. Uh, they're going to get a $10,000 budget again this year, or they're, I'm going to give them a, you know, a a 10% increase and they're going to get a, you know, $11,000 budget this year (laughs) and just move on. Like seriously take a moment to, to reflect on the possibilities, uh, on the, um, potential outcomes. Yeah. You want to do some some financial forecasting mm-hmm. a little bit and and think through, okay, if, if we um, allocate more money to this ministry, yeah. it has much more potential for growth and for reaching new people. Yeah. And so if it's reaching new people, that um, really quickly starts to pay for itself. And so you become a good steward of the resources that are at your disposal because you're finding ways to use money, to allocate money in a way that is going to 
eventually self-fund itself through that kind of investment I'm mindset of I'm using we're investing my, in this ministry. We're investing in kids' ministry because it brings in families. So I think that and, there's a good I'm using my pastor mind, my point driving mind. So invest, you know, rather than just fund, uh, I would reevaluate rather than repeat. I think is, you know, so re- understand a budget's complex. Reevaluate every ministry every year. Don't just go, well, well, you know, or you have less numbers cutting you out. I mean, look at it. Uh, I think another one, big one too is uh, – Make it, make it easy and positive. And that's not always in your control as the lead pastor, for sure. I mean, people are going to think what they're going to think. But work with people. Don't just dictate to people. Figure out how you guys can work and try to accomplish something. I mean, some of the best you know, moments where a team works together is when you start saying, okay, well, we can all save money in certain areas doing this, this, and this. Um, I think that's a huge one. I, you know, I think don't, don't believe that money will solve your problems because it doesn't. Uh, often money just either delays the consequences or makes them worse. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you know, if you can say, if, if immediately your church had 10 million extra dollars, I listen, I was at a church. Uh, I served at a church that got a $23 million one chunk settlement. Um, and we let, it was so unhealthy. We left their building burned down, which they got a huge settlement. It was great. Cause you would think if it was a good church, it'd be like, wow, we're going to be able to put like $13 million in savings and then rebuild these several buildings because they still had a lot of their campus left. We're going to rebuild th- this, but not go overboard because you know what? It's not about buildings, but you didn't. In fact, they spent all of that and I think even more trying to rebuild everything. And, you know, you it just delays the problems. And, and sadly, you just spent twenty almost $25 million. People are still stopping going there. It's still dying. And so your money isn't going to save you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's going to be, and also know that the resources you have are the opportunities to, to be creative and to maybe to refocus on what your mission is. But, uh, the other one is, I think that your budget, uh, always will reveal what your actual mission is, mm-hmm. how you spend your money is, is your actual mission to just get more money from older people. So you fund all the older people, budget and not students, or is your vision to help those that are giving fund the next generation? Yeah. And, and I, th- I think probably the last one from our conversation mm-hmm would be that we have to make faith in God's provision the basis of all our financial decisions. That's good stuff. All, all of yeah. our budgeting, yeah. uh, it all has to be based on trusting that God is going to provide yeah. for the mission that he has called but you to in the next 12 months. But how do we balance faith from idiocy? How do you balance you know, faith from... Because you got guys that go, I believe Jesus wants us to build a $10 million building. Bill, we got a hundred thousand dollar budget and thirteen people. I mean, like, how do you? I mean, that's an extreme example, but yeah. And how do you? you The sarcastic side of me says to that pastor, "Don't be stupid." um, No, (laughs) go for it. (laughs) Do do what you need to do to secure that ten million dollars, and I I hope you get it. And if you don't, then if that guy does, you don't. I mean, that's 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 how the Bible says to identify false prophets, right? No, that's true. Test their word. You test their word. If if what they said happens. Then it was from God. It's that 2020 syndrome. If it didn't, <laughs> then they're lying. You know, there's a lot so, of guys that went, 2020's calling us to go all over the world in missions, and then... Stay at home. <laughs> um, but that's that's kind of how I would approach that, is yeah. if, if God has given you just this unrealistic vision, <laughs> sometimes I, I think part of the reason the, the church is as stale as it is is yeah. because... We don't color outside the lines. We, we're afraid to dream big. We're afraid to step out there and yeah. say, yeah, I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous, and this is f- so far from where we are, mm-hmm. but this is where God wants us to go, and we're going to figure out a way to get there. 
if we would do more of that, I think the church would be in a better position. But at the same time, I also reckon that, yeah, God wants us to have a $10 million building and there's right. 20 people with a $100,000 budget. Maybe God that wants seems, you to hire another staff member. That seems irrational, yeah. right? Right. It's just time's going to tell. Like, yeah. so, so sure, follow your dream, do, do what happens there. And if it fleshes out, then you know it was from God. That pastor only gets a handful of times, maybe just one or two yeah. times of saying something like that. And, and then people and just then, and then you're like, okay, this guy, he, you know, every year he's asked for ten million dollars and it has never happened. Nobody's going to listen to him anymore. No. He needs to reevaluate his his <laughs> vision a little bit. But yeah, so I think those those are some of our takeaways, and um, this is hopefully un- that's oh. helpful. Yeah, unscripted number one budgets. Thank you for listening to the Mad Pastors podcast. Mad Pastors is powered by G6 Allies, who knows that healthy ministry means having the right team behind you to provide worthwhile tools so ministry doesn't destroy you. If you'd like to partner with G6 Allies, here's a couple of ways you can do it. One, you can rate, subscribe, and review this podcast so that as many people as possible can get the same help and encouragement that you're receiving. You can also visit g6allies.com partner to see how you can financially partner with us. G6 Allies is dependent on viewers and listeners like you to support our ministry across the nation. If you have any questions or would like to contact the Mad Pastors for any reason, you can contact us at hello at g6allies.com. We'd love to hear from you.